time for the basketball edition of Lane Violation. You know what I'm saying? You know, we still like to keep it loose on Tuesdays, fellas, for these no caps. And I think we had another solid one this past Tuesday. But now it's time to get back into the basketball, shot some things up. We got a lot of things on the docket today. I'm joined here with my beautiful co-host, One Up Greg. That's One Up from what your introduction was. That he called us lovely. I think we're better than that. <laughs> we're way better than that. <laughs> Greg Mello. Greg, say what's up to the people. What's up to the people? And my man, Louis Ricard. Let's play some basketball. No, that was solid. Thank you. I can do that. I practiced all week for that. So, and also shout outs to my boy Hutcho, Louis Mans. What up? Roommate from college, Mike over there, big gangster. My friend from Australia. How are we? That, you, that's just the beauty and like. Oh. Say it one more time. How are we? That's good. God. Can you imagine if I had that accent? That's going to be kind of cool. That would be the most confusing thing ever. Oh, my God. You would be very sexy. That's what I'm saying. See, he, this me. Are you, are you saying that he's not sexy already? No, no, no. Like, from a 9, but now, like, to a 10. Like, Come on. That's he, my guy. He's smooth. Because, see, I already classify myself as a 9.887 repeating. I don't think I'm a 10 yet. Your modesty will get yeah. you to places. I think when I'm about 33 <laughs> and I go, look like, my grown black man bald head cut, I think then I get there. Like LeBron James? Not a little bit of Morris Chestnut, kind of. Are, are we here to play... To to talk basketball, or like yeah, how cute yeah. you are. Do we want to do we want Hutcho to tell a little bit, uh, tell yeah. people a little bit about himself? Yeah, why not? Yeah, a little bit about. All right, so um, I'm like Hutch, or my first first name is Aaron. So um, why won't you ever tell us that? I'm thinking his name is Hutch for real. I've said it like 17 times that his name was Aaron. Did you know that? You guys don't yes. care enough. Anyway, you just shook your head. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Hutcho. Yeah, yeah. So um, full name Aaron Hutchinson. So Hutch is from Hutchinson, last name. So. There we are. So <laughs> um, I met Louis at Grand Valley State in college. I spent a semester there in 2017. And then now I live in Sydney, Australia. So come over to visit. So How long was that flight, bro? Oh, too long. Oh, what is it like? Jesus. It's like 15 hours to LA and then get here. It's like another six or something. So <laughs> That's rough. They must have some good movies in there, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, look, the movies were pretty average. I'm not going to lie. So. How's the dinner on the plane? Like, I know they have the fees, oh. all right? It's all right. It's not like it's not. It's like chicken and rice, or the other option is always like a veggie option. So it's mm-hmm. like it's not too bad. Though. It's not too bad. Like, but it could be better. So you know, it could always be better. I survived them here now. So you're in the you're you're in the you're in the free country now. So yeah, I know that's you're all good to go. Here's exactly. my hot take or my debatable. So, <laughs> Greg, why don't you open up? Uh, Hutch, thank you, my man. No uh, I don't know if he'll be speaking much today, but we just wanted to introduce him. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, Greg, you want to take us into the headlines of what we got on the docket, man? Yeah, of course, man. As always, try to bring you best important news every week that we have the NBA pod. And, of course, the biggest news that came out this past week comes out of the Bay Area to Marcus Cousins officially coming back to the league from injury. Market calendars, January 18th. Our man is starting. Come on. Could even be sooner. Could even be against the Pelicans on Wednesday, according to Steve Curry, if everything goes well. Uh, The cool thing is that he will be starting as a center right away. He won't be, like, like, introduced in the rotation. They'll they'll just be in the starting lineup right away, um, which is pretty big for Golden State as, you know, we get to the part of the the season where you really want to Get your main core group ready yeah. for the playoffs and everything. And I just, I just want. And I, th- I think it's unfair. It's been unfair to Demarcus. Of course, it will happen in free agency. But I mean, he's been out for almost a year now. He got injured January 26th last year, 
And don't let's not forget people. This is a cat who's averaging twenty five and, and basically thirteen when he went down. He's, yeah. Um, so of course those numbers aren't going to be at that same place with with the Warriors. But I think him signing this contract, signing a lesser deal, is also him forking over his uh, not ego. I don't think that's the right word to say, but who he, like who he is as a player, understand that he's also going to have to reduce in some areas as far as statistically probably scoring. He probably still crash the boards at the same rate, but I, I think I'm excited to see what's going to happen, man. Yeah, I think it'll be a relatively smooth transition for him. You know, I don't think we're going to see, like, a 30-point game to start or anything like that. He's probably going to have um, maybe not a restriction, but, like, rotation minutes yeah. are going to be pulled back by Kerr a little bit to, to just kind of ease him into it. But, you know, the Warriors, um, they haven't been necessarily, like, a fireball this year. So this sort of kind of injection to their starting lineup is probably going to do them more. It's going to benefit them more than it's going to hurt them, I think. Um, Absolutely, but but definitely big news. Always, you know, star players moving. That's that's a uh, big news. But uh, let's move on to the next thing. Let's talk another star player here. Uh, Eastern Conference this time. Jimmy Butler and the 76ers, Obviously, that big trade um, a month ago. Uh, you know, we've had some in, in the in the Sixers camp. Obviously, we've had some sort of rustlings. Um, I believe it was. I don't know if it was this past week or the week before, but we got reports coming out that uh, Jimmy Butler had called out Brett Brown in a uh, uh, conference, or not a conference, I guess, but one of those meetings, Mm -hmm. uh, planned meetings uh, during the Portland Trailblazers trip. Um, And it was, you know, depending on who you talk to, you know, ESPN originally reported it as sort of a attack that made some of the other teammates uncomfortable, maybe seemed a little out of bounds. You talk to Jimmy Butler and Brett Brown, both of them said it was pretty much still within the lines that they consider to be player-coach relationship. Um, but the questions are, are beginning to come to the forefront here, uh, and apparently teams across the league even have started to even talk to the Sixers about whether Butler might even be available. Um, guys... We, we always knew that when the trade happened, the fit was going to be a little weird to start. Um, but what do we think about Jimmy Butler's fit? Do you, do you have any changes of heart with what you think about the trade right now? Or is it about the same place? What do you guys think, Louie? I think it's too early. Trey? Like, I mean, he really still hasn't been there, like, long enough for me. Like, so, like, and there's still a lot, lot of season to play. So, like, I think in, in this league, there's a lot of ebb and flow and ups and downs as far as fits and, like, what kind of looks you're getting from other teams mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So things are constantly changing. So whereas, you know, you might get to see a lot of touches in, in, one, in one segment of the season or one piece of the season, those might decrease and other things just depending on how guys are playing you and the flow of the game. Because we saw Embiid um, kind of upset with the way he was being used when Butler was first introduced. Yep. And I thought Butler was touching the ball a lot in those spaces. It's like, oh, I got, it's more like, oh, I got a new toy, so I'm, I'm going to play with it, right? And then it's like, okay, well, I kinda, go back I'm kind of get used to it, so I'm gonna go back to this one. So like, I think he just has to to be patient. You know, you understood when you were coming to this team that one, this this wasn't going to be your team. I know I know how Jimmy Butler's mindset is is that alpha dog mindset, but you have two other guys who are alphas. Ben Simmons is more of a reserve guy, but when he's playing, he has an alpha mentality. Um, you know he's here. Yeah, yeah he. he You're know not he's, gonna dispute that. Yeah, yeah. you know he's there to, to kill. He might not be doing it through scoring. He's gonna facilitate those other things of that nature because his mindset of player and his mindset of how he approaches the game are kind of are yeah. different. Like the skill set matches a facilitator. Embiid is there to kill you every night, and Butler is too. So what he needs to step back and realize is that he's in a great position. They add a couple more pieces to this team that they could be in championship contention just like anybody else. This team is 
is good enough as far as like top three guys or, or your yeah. top guys on the team as good of anybody as anybody across the league. No, yeah, but like sure. you have to understand your fit and just contribute when you can and make the most of every opportunity. When you get to this level um, in sports, everything is about opportunity. And you don't get many windows to to take advantage of opportunities. So the ones that you do have, you take advantage to to your fullest. And the potential of this team is is is, is up to me. So I think he just has to be patient. That's that's just my take. Patience is definitely a virtue that Jimmy needs. And I mean, to be fair, he didn't really get lucky because he came in after all that Timberwolves drama where he was the one who was trying to push for, you know, more aggression from the rest of the team. Like there was already a lot of drama with the Wolves at that point. So him coming in and saying that. I think with the story, the stories previous to his arrival with the Wolves, I think it didn't help him in terms of reputation. But what I what I don't understand is why people are questioning his fit because in every big three you have, you always have one of the guys that's going to do less. You take Miami Heat, Chris Bosh, who was a megastar in, in, with the Raptors, he didn't get used as much as he as he was used to in. Uh, in Toronto, but because he had LeBron James and D-Wade, he had to adapt himself, and he had to adjust. Same thing with uh, with Butler. You have three ball-dominant guys. Embiid, I don't care what anyone says, he wants the ball all the time. Simmons wants to be, is a point guard, he wants to have the ball at all times to direct traffic, and Jimmy, he just wants the ball so he can score. So, with that mindset, there are, you know, my coach used to say there are too many Chiefs and not enough Indians at this point, and I think that, you know, the order of things is going to settle a little bit and, and we're going to see the team adapt themselves. But I think we need to expect the coach to have more of a grip on the team and really make them learn that their position, you know, is important and that their role, that they have to occupy a certain role for the benefit of the team. And I think that's where it really comes in. I get his mentality. I get his personality. I really appreciate that. I think most players in the league appreciate Jimmy Butler for the comp- competitiveness that he that he engages every time and every night he's on the court. But at one point, you just got to settle down a little bit, look back, and just kind of look at the biggest scheme of things. And maybe the way you've been doing it hasn't gotten you all the way to a championship, so maybe try to reevaluate and see where you can be better in terms of adjusting yourself to the new team you arrived in. That's just me. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, I, I, I won't say that this is a non-issue where some, some of the fans kind of thought this was just ESPN blowing it up for no reason. Mm-hmm. I think that there's still... Some truth, you got to keep an eye on what yeah. Jimmy is in, a, in the locker room. You know, he has a history. I, I do think this situation was, like Brett said, a relatively, you know, okay one. They both have, they both seem to be on the same page in what kind of open communication they want to have as a player coach. And we haven't seen any backlashes from that since the incident. Right. So, um, so I, I think that, like you guys have harped on, it's it's really just patience. We got to see this play out. You know, the roster isn't finished. Um, the Sixers are probably going to be, you know, looking on the trade market up around the trade deadline. They're going to look in the buyout market to make this team a lot less thin than it has been mm-hmm. uh, since Butler has been there. Um, it's just going to be rocky a couple of times, and but that's just Sixers basketball. That's just how they are, um, and and hopefully uh, things will change down the line. But you know, kind of transitioning from that, uh, from Butler's new team to Butler's old team, uh, some more news out of Minnesota. The Tom Thibodeau era is over. Uh, the coach GM has been fired uh, by Minnesota. And, uh, guys, I think that this was probably something that we all expected to happen at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but this seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. And uh, reports were that uh, Thibodeau himself was surprised um, that uh, they 
just kind of came into his office and uh, fired him on the spot. Uh, what what were your guys' thoughts on uh, this report? Tibbs is gone. What do you think about about him and, and what Minnesota's direction is now moving forward for the rest of the season? Lou, you want me to take this or are you going to? Uh, you can go ahead. Okay. And I'll finish it. I, I thought it was just a funny – I thought it was over – not overdoing a sense because I I don't think Thibodeau's a, a terrible coach. I do think he's not good like as far as like front office moves, but two different things. Um, and he really the, the Timberwolves narrative was hilarious to me because he it really did look like another copy and paste version. It of was the Bulls. it was. And when Bobby when he got fired and Bobby Portis was like R.I.P. Timberwolves like that, on that was hilarious. Um, but after they but to fire him after a win <laughs> over the Lakers, <laughs> uh, almost a week ago from the day. I think they were 19 or 21 at the time. So it's not, not terrible. So I think they were like 11th place in the conference and eight and a half games behind first. So they weren't great. Um, but, I mean, over the two seasons, he was uh, – I mean, two-plus seasons, excuse me. He was 97 and 107. So not hot, but I don't know. I don't I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was kind of the on-spot, just out-of-nowhere type deal was – was interesting. So. I think there's a lot of things that are unsaid in this story, and I and I like a deeper report on what exactly happened. Uh, but like Andrea said, 19 and 21, when you have Carl Anthony Towns, which is one of the best young player in the league, um, when you have Andrew Wiggins, who have you know Andrew Wiggins is an enigma by himself, but you know he has the potential. We saw it, we saw it against OKC when he dropped 41 on them. Um, and you have, you know, I mean, last year's team was very impressive. If you look at the roster on that team on the Wolves, like, they, they should have not been struggling to make the playoffs. They I, should thought have they, been, I thought they could have been conference finals, conference semis. Yeah, they team, should have yeah. been at least five or six at the end and then, like, climb their way up through the through the postseason. So I think, you know, their owners just said uh, in, in a report on NBA.com, he said, we'd like to thank Tom for his efforts and wish him all the best. And and t- speaking of the decision, he was like, these decisions are never easy to make, but we felt them necessary to move our organization forward. And he also kept on saying, you know, that we're not where we're expected to be at this point in the season. So I understand the move. And I think that it's good not to wait because Tibbs, I mean, as great of a coach as he was, I think that he's kind of lost the grip on this Wolves team. And I think you saw that with Jimmy Butler. You saw that with Wiggins. You saw that with Cat. You saw that Agreed. with... Uh, with underlying stories here and there with the Wolves. And I think that it, it really needed to be made. And now they have this brand new coach um, who serves as an interim head coach, who's uh, the son of... Flip Saunders. Flip Saunders, yeah. yeah. And and they just had an incredible win against uh, OKC. I think that was the first win of the season for him. Um, and you have Wiggins that it, it, who is exploding. You have Cat playing well. You have all these boys doing much better. So I just think, you know, a change of culture, a change of atmosphere, a change of coach needed to be made. And I agree also with Dre. Tibbs, in terms of managing an organization, is not the best person for the job. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where the Wolves made a mistake. They just gave him the keys and just told him, figure it out, instead of giving him help with better GMs, you know, that could work alongside him. And I think that's where they made their, their bad move. But a hey, lesson learned. We'll see how they adapt within the season. Maybe they can climb their way back up because they still have a good roster, in my opinion. I mean, D Rose right now, you know, is playing much better than the uh, in the previous years, and Wiggins is maybe figuring things out. Carl Anthony Towns is balling out of his mind currently, and the rest of the roster is being pretty good in terms of role positioning. So we'll see what happens, but I'm happy with the move for the Wolves organization. When it comes to Tibbs, don't know where he's going to end up. Don't know if he's going to get another job, but we'll see. 
Yeah, I think uh, in in Tibbs' case, uh, I'm sure there's offset language that uh, he's probably getting paid still anyway, um, so he can just sit out the rest of the year. Um, and I mean, he Tibbs is a guy that he could be like a lead assistant coach on a on like a playoff team if someone were to grab him. Um, that might be the best role for him. But otherwise, I think that he stays out. I think that, like you said, Louis, um, Ryan Saunders is the interim coach, uh, son of Flip. Um, seems like he's going to be pretty good. But everyone realizes that this Minnesota Timberwolves team is a bunch of young guys. Um, so, you know, young head coach to kind of actually relate to these yep. players, uh, rejuvenate them, motivate them. Um, you know, Derek Rose joked, he's like, hey, you don't see Tibbs maybe allowing me to play music in the locker room as, as much. He's, you know, we're striving away from more restrictive ways. Um, I think the, the team will be better because of it. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but, you know, looking at the standings right now, they're only two and a half games back of the Lakers, who are the eighth seed right now. So plenty of time. They don't have to tank uh, if they don't want to. I don't um, think they should either. And I, I think that overall this this will be a positive change for them. I'm curious as if he's going to get the, the long-term deal maybe at the end of the season. We'll see how the rest of the season goes I think, for him. I think, they're, um, I think it's almost like a trial right now um, mm-hmm. when they're trying to see how well the team is responding because we've seen a lot of coaching changes, whether first game is a win for the other team once the coach, you know, is uh, a new coach arrives. But, you know, can he sustain that throughout the season? And I think that if he gets them into the playoffs, that's when we'll talk about a long-term deal for Ryan. But we'll have to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so let's go to what I, I think Louis was saying that this was going to be – this This was the game of the year. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs uh, – Who would have thought? On Thursday night, hosted the Oklahoma City Thunder – in a you know low key battle, I think I don't think everyone had this on the docket necessarily. A couple of good teams though, yeah. um, but uh, it goes to double overtime, and the <laughs> forgotten man I think in San Antonio. <laughs> That's an understatement. Lamarcus Aldridge drops fifty six points. Come on, man. In a victory at home, one fifty four to one forty seven. Guys, star game scoring right here. Guys, uh, Dre, I was all draws. P- oh, oh, maybe. <laughs> Look, we'll see. Time. Look, bro. I was pissed off when I woke up Friday morning and saw this because I went to bed. I was like, man, okay, like I gotta get up at like six something. So I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not gonna stay up to watch Thunder and Spurs like. Whatever, like I love Russ, but like I really don't watch. Want to watch? The I love your honesty about this. Yeah, like so I was I just like whatever, that. and I woke up and I was like double overtime, fifty six points on Marcus Aldridge. I said what? But there's like so many different aspects to this game. This game was nuts. <laughs> first of all, San Antonio hit fourteen straight three pointers, like their first fourteen. Yep. This is a team that doesn't like the three ball. Poppins came out saying he doesn't like the three, and like, and then they ended up finishing I think like sixteen of nineteen on the night, and it was just like everybody was lighting it up. But then you have Lamarcus is a fifty six. He scores forty two in the second half, including the two overtimes. No big deal. No big deal at all. And oh yeah, Russell Westbrook on the side. Only, you know he only had twenty four points and twenty four assists with thirteen boards. Let's like, let's repeat <laughs> that one more time in case you haven't heard this. Twenty. He's had as many assists as he had points. Do you know how scary that is when you have a point guard who can do that? That is terrifying. And he still lost the game. You show me a stat like that with a person with a player who loses, I will give you money. I just think the ocean, unbelievable. The, the, the court must look like an ocean to everybody. Because I mean, yeah, freaking Grant had twenty five and 
Where does he come from? Like, Casper was just going off. And I think, what, uh, George have like 30? Yeah. Yeah, Paul had 30. So, like, it's a shootout, man. You know, that's what I love to see, Greg. I know. It was, <laughs> it was, I have, I did not watch it either because I didn't expect anything from that game. I'm not going to lie to you because the Spurs, as always, are extremely under the radar because they're a small market and because no one really cares about them anymore for some reason. Um, RIP Manu. LaMarcus Aldridge showed flashes of why the Spurs acquired him. Yeah. And I love that it comes way later than everyone anticipated because no matter what you say, the Spurs are doing extremely well right now. And they're not after starting terribly. Like yeah, yeah. Like people were like, oh, you know, Pop maybe losing it. You know, the team might be done. They need to be. They need to be making some moves. Pop was like, hold my beer, hold my beer. Let me just do my thing. Let me get my players riled up. Let me get LA so angry against the the uh, the Thunder that he just goes off. And LA just showed that really well. And I and I really I, I like him as a player. I think he's extremely underrated, like Greg said. And um, I think that hopefully that just woke him up, and that the rest of the season we can see a lot more scoring from him because he used to be a prime scoring power forward uh, back in his Trailblazers day. But Greg, don't you defer to you? Um, don't you think last year Aldridge showed a little bit of that because a little of, bit too because of Kawhi being out? Yeah, and he had to be number one. You saw a little bit of Marcus come back. Right? He was definitely more of the captain last year than this year, and that's fine because you, he has DeRozan now. He has a, a a Robin or a Batman or whatever you want to talk about here. Whoever's one A, one uh, B. Um, I last year he came out. Um, he did work consistently on both sides of the ball. He was you know up there in defensive uh, ratings too. Um, and I haven't watched the Spurs that much this year, so but I'm sure he's still locking it down. And like you said, Dre, the Spurs are not necessarily the greatest three-point shooting team, but I don't think it matters when you have two of the premier mid-range shooters in the game with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. And probably the number one mid-range shooter in the game with DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Like, no one works a mid-range probably more than DeMar at no. a steady clip. Yeah. No, not not at all. And, um, he's, and, and DeMar has also been getting better from a three anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... You know they're they're the seventh seed right now, but they they've been making some noise. Um, they are only a game back technically. There's a, like win win yeah. percentage points and stuff, but technically they're only a game back of the fourth seed right now. Um, San Antonio's here. Uh, I I don't think that they're necessarily going to be coming back down. Um, it's going to be tough. You know I could see. You know, looking at the standings, I could see the Clippers maybe falling behind them because they're a young team, so they're going to have some rocky times too. But Don't sleep on them. Yeah, I I think that we're at the point, and I know I made the mistake going into the year that I was kind of down on the Spurs, and I was like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But You know who wasn't down on the Spurs? Andre Turan. My guy. I'm sorry, Greg. You're good, man. By the way, shout out to Pop (laughs) for um, um, placing third. On the all-time winning yeah, list, yeah, that was list the thing. That was the uh, thing. as a head coach, that's m- incredible achievement for for a head coach. And I mean, everyone saw it coming. Popovich you is Jerry Sloan, right? I think was, so. Was it Sloan? I, I would say so. I don't have the I think I, the sheet in front of me right now, but just an incredible achievement. I think that we can classify Greg Popovich as one of the greatest coaches in this era of basketball. Um, Probably, just, arguably, the greatest coach in ever, history. In, yeah, yeah, potentially. In the history of the NBA. Um, and and there is a debate to be made for that. But mm-hmm. I I think it's it's just great to see that throughout the years, after losing his big three, his eternal big three with Tony Parker, Manu, and Tim Duncan, he can still rally the pieces around and, and 
And let's not forget about DeMar DeRozan. We didn't mention him too much, you know, for that game. Um, apparently, there were some fouls that were that weren't calling his, you know, that weren't going his way. Um, but the impact he's had on the Spurs is, is really great to see. And uh, and a lot of people are all focusing on Kawhi, saying Toronto won the deal. But I think that you can really make a case for DeMar DeRozan to be an all-star this year as well. And I think that he should not be slept on for that reason. I, I'm really looking forward to the Spurs making a little bit of a run as the as, as the season goes on. So I'm excited to see what they have uh, in store. And the, I want to make one, one last thing before we move on to our final part of this thing. Yeah. I'm um, just going to touch back on Aldridge. He's averaging... Over twenty, he's averaging twenty and basically nine. So like, he's kind of returning to form, I think, because last year he had twenty three and a half. Mm-hmm. It was just those first two years in San Antonio where he dropped down to like the sixteen, seventeen range. So like, this I don't think this is too out of the ordinary or ordinary for him. Of course, he's never scored as many points in his career, and he's always wanted to score a fifty point game. But hey, man, like you said, the Spurs might be here and ready and ready to go. So, yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, last headline before we transition to the next segment, but this is going to be a pretty smooth transition. Another superstar, maybe the superstar, the superstar right in now. the Western Conference right now, James Harden. Let's just briefly talk. This man had a historic, historic December. And let me let me read you guys some numbers. <laughs> it's uh, terrifying. The That's month of is. December, uh, James Harden played in 15 games. In those 15 <laughs> games, he averaged 36.6 points per game the Houston Rockets went 11 and 4 and went from 14th in the Western Conference to a tie for the 4th seed in the Western Conference. <laughs> oh, by the way, 15th game including last night that he's averaging over 30 that he that he's scoring over 30 points. How about Oh, last night didn't didn't play in the fourth quarter, triple double with a 40 pointer. Just I just want to say night. let me it's he's only okay, January first of all, the thing that the thing the biggest hit part of his run was how they were like on December third, Harden joined Kobe and MJ. Basically, is the third per- person in thirty years to score at least four hundred points across a ten game span. Thank you, Live Sports Bureau. How about um in January so far? He's averaging yikes thirty nine point eight with ten point eight assists. Yikes! Also eight boards. You know, you, know, you don't want to overdo it. You know, not not too much. He scored forty or more three times already this month. We <laughs> okay. Given and, and I will give that to him. Cleveland was last night, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Cleveland a pass on that. We could expect. I, I was expecting that. That's still incredible. He, I mean, the, what you saw him do to Milwaukee was ridiculous. How about this, bro? Out of all of December, he scored 40, which is still a lot. Six times. So if he scored three, he scored 43 times already this month, and the month just started. Man, man, man. They say it's supposed to be a cold January. I think it's gonna be a hot one. Houston is on absolute fire right now. Yeah. And James Harden, uh, in the in the month of November, he saw a spike in his three-point percentage, right? Month of November, yeah. only 34.7% mark from distance. Come on, Greg. Next month, 41.3% from downtown. The man was unconscious from deep, all right? He was draining him. We saw night after night of step backs. Come on, Bolivar. Steph Curry's so better. You see that uh, Gary Harris uh, just broken down? Come on, baby. You know I've seen him. No, that was Jamal Murray. Or was it Jamal Murray? It was Jamal. Yeah, you're right. By the way, they called a foul on that three-pointer. There was no foul. I love you, James. You're just getting the calls, man. Is there ever a foul or a trial with him? No. That's my big problem. <laughs> the day he takes, I'll have no. Never mind. We'll we'll move on. I mean, we'll we won't move on. But on the topic of James Harden, uh, one of the most anticipated game um, this past week was the Houston Rockets hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, two MVP candidates going at it: Giannis Antetokounmpo against James Harden. 
the man, the myth, the legend we're talking about right now. And that duel did not disappoint, gentlemen. I that game was incredible. Uh, we had a twenty twenty no twenty ten piece from Giannis, I believe, and uh, James Harden again dropped a forty point game. Giannis actually had twenty seven points, twenty one boards. That twenty twenty. Okay, that was a twenty twenty then. Bro, it was the quietest twenty rebound game I've ever seen in my life. He had eleven points and thirteen boards at, after the first half, <laughs> and James Harden was like at twenty three points, five assists, and like six boards or something like that. I don't want to, don't quote me. I know twenty three points for sure. What did you guys see from that game in terms of the MVP race and who's you know maybe who's the better team and 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 things like that, Andre? Uh, oh, let me yeah, I'll hop in first this time. Uh, so based off of this game, I, I mean you know I'm not gonna take any way away from Giannis because he has been a force this, so far this this year in the Eastern Conference, but. James Harden is playing out of his mind, and you could see in that game, you know, he. I, I certainly think that there's a discussion to be had. He he definitely needs help. They're hurting with Chris Paul being out um, because in crunch time, he is pretty much doing it all by himself. But Harden, man, 42 points, 11 boards, 6 assists. Um, he was, you know, albeit the Bucks had a good game plan for him, they—, they it, 42 points, you don't think that's limiting a guy? Let him get his. They sort yeah. of limited the, the, the Rockets' offense by by doing what they had to do. But I think James Harden really balled out in that game. I think that there were a couple of shots that he certainly could have made. They were good looks, but they just at didn't the drop end. at the end. But he, he was pretty much getting to his spots. Um, the, the big thing was that the Bucks were really guarding him on his left hand. Everyone knows that you know Harden's a lefty, really likes getting to his left. And Malcolm Brogdon... And whoever the the point guard defender uh, for the Bucks was at the time, Eric Bledsoe, they would sit on his left hand. They would force him to go right. They would force him to go offhand. Um, and you know, Harden would make him pay. Sometimes he could sometimes still get back over to his left. But the the game plan down the stretch was once Harden was run off the three point line and he started to get down, he wasn't looking for shooters. He was looking for Capella, and that was about it. And, and Capella dropped the ball, by yeah, the way. Capella had really, really – he, he kind of completely missed that game in a way because Harden – we all know Harden's ability to set up big big guys. Like, he's been doing that forever, and Capella really missed missed out on that game. And I think if he came if he came alive in the fourth, I think it would have been a completely different right. ending. And, I mean, to be fair, Giannis is a great de- defender in general. Like, he, Giannis oh, was yeah. on him most of the time. And then the help defender would just crash down from the wing. So, like, half the time it was just a turnover. It wasn't a good, good solid thing. But it was a great defense by the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but this was a really good game. It went all the way down to the wire. Um, crunch time minutes. I think it was an excellent, you know, prime time game for ESPN to have. Um, and, and my takeaway from it, even though Giannis did get his, I think that James Harden is showing you that he's ready to reclaim that MVP. Uh, so you have Harden over I, I, I Giannis think right now. now? I think right now I have That's Giannis. fair. Dre, what do you got about that game? I'm, I'm just going to piggyback on what Greg said. I mean, we, we all know James Harden, he, get, he gets in these, these grooves like this. I mean, he's all, I mean, he's always good, but I've always said this. This is one thing I've always harped on. You can argue with me, argue me after this if you want to. James Harden is one of the smoothest scorers I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Like, he makes the game look so easy. His pace, it looks slow, but he's controlling. He can it up yeah. like so, this. But let's not, let's not, as good as he's playing, let's, I feel like what Milwaukee is doing is being overshadowed. Like, 
This team is, they're only like, I think they're one and a half games back now. No, they're from a Toronto team that was. Yeah, no, Milwaukee is the first in power ranking right now. No, but what I'm saying as far as the standings, standings, the standings, they're one and a half. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're a game and a half back with yep. a Toronto team that yeah. people thought were light years ahead of everybody else, right? And what Greg was saying, they defended James Harden the best you could possibly do. See, the, the thing about guys like him and, and elite scorers is that you already know coming to the game they're going to get theirs. Right. But if you can make them struggle to get theirs or make it harder for them to get theirs, then when it comes down to stretch, that's where you see that they might miss an open shot. Because I, I think there was a point in time in the game, I think they were down by maybe like somewhere between four or six. And I think Harden broke somebody down on yeah. the left wing. Yes, I remember and exactly missed what you're talking about. And open missed three. it. Yeah, right. open three. Right. It's like making those guys work for those shots, especially at this level, is extremely important. But to go back... I think it shows you how much of the tide is rolling behind what Harden is doing. I've I, I said Giannis, I said Antetokounmpo was going to win the MVP this year, and I've always been a supporter of how dominant he's been because it's been ridiculous. But James Harden's run here lately has been crazy. If right, he keeps that going, yeah, and right now I have him as number one, even though I think Antetokounmpo can be the last, the first person since. Oscar Robinson was the average 25, 12, and 6, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Anything you do last since Oscar Robinson, that's great. But I don't know. Harder manages. If he can keep this up, I, I got I got him number one right and now. The, and the They're, thing is, Louis, sorry, but we'll to cut you off. The thing about the MVP race is that it's not just about, you know, the stats that you're putting up. It's also about the narrative. Yeah. And to have that narrative of, of James Harden to have a historic month of December like he just did and then come into the month of January firing, like, you yeah. put that up for 15 games straight, you would think you're going to wear down a little bit considering he doesn't have the help that he had last year. That's what I'm saying, especially when if James Harden is not on this team, Houston is still... Um, they might be one of the worst teams. Whatever, like 14th or like right. whatever team right. they were. If he got They're injured, not moving up to tie fourth. No. They never are. They never are. He single-handedly moved up. And obviously, we'll see when Chris Paul comes back, you know, if that has an impact, if he has more help to, you know, help direct the traffic and everything. Yeah. But I, I saw a couple of things from that game that you guys didn't really touch on. Obviously, the defense on him was great. The defense on the other players around him, even better. They cut almost everything, making tough, making the Houston Rockets take tough shots contested shots that didn't go in necessarily at the end of the game every Houston Rocket player was watching James Harden there was no movement they were just standing there waiting for James Harden to do his thing and that's what hurt him because I get that you trust your best player to take the last shot but help the guy give him a screen ball movement make the defense move around and and, and let the pieces go around so he can create his own shot give him an ISO situation they did not do that which made him take some really contested shots from way further than he was used to. And as great as he is, he can only do so much throughout a game. On the other side of the ball, Giannis did an incredible job, but that's when you see a complete team compared to just a one-man show. The Milwaukee Bucks are a more complete team, even though Giannis is as dominant as Dre mentioned. But Chris Middleton is not a joke. Brogdon played incredible defense and was very efficient in his offense. Yeah, 23 or 21. 21 Something like that, yeah. yeah. And don't and don't sleep on him. He was still the rookie of the year, uh, I think, two years ago or three years ago. So he's not a joke. And then when you have Eric Bledsoe who's coming off the bench and then other players and other pieces that are really able to make that work, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are no joke in that contest and in the on the Eastern Conference. I'm really, I'm really excited to see the Toronto Raptors facing them. I don't, I think it's pretty soon, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it will be a great game. Hopefully, it'll be prime time, and maybe it'll give us the new game of the year. But it's going to be a very fun time in the East. Um, in the West, 
waiting for Chris Paul to 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 come back and return. But you gotta you gotta expect more from from guys like PJ Tucker. Eric Gordon is out too, which doesn't help because uh, he's a great six man. But he needs to be back sooner than later. And then Capella needs to wake up because he's as great as he's been. I mean, he's been averaging over twenty six points a game. But you can't miss out those opportunities of just showing, you know, what you're made of during those primetime games against really good teams. I think also, um, I don't, I, but I don't give Houston any breaks in the sense that, yeah, they got a couple guys injured, and yes, their injuries have been staggered. But the depth is starting to get there. When you have an Austin Rivers coming off the bench, when you have a a, a, a Brandon Knight coming off the bench, these are guys who are who are established. Veteran guys in lead that can play. They, they, play, trusted, they play decent yeah. basketball. Yeah. Don't forget, like, was it? Um, I think that then uh, they kept touching us in the game. How Rivers and and Knight were like back to back players of the year. I mean, for their state or whatever. Like yeah. these are guys who have been highly touted. It's not third course. They hasn't transitioned as well. In, and in also, Rivers has been doing well but with yeah, Houston. Yeah. Very well. With yeah. Him. But like when you you expect when they get Paul back, when Eric Gordon's Gordon's healthy, they'll have more than enough pieces now to kind of start trying to build rotations and to actually physically say okay. This is how we're going to set up our game plan. These are rotations. These are sets we're putting in to help Harden. Now, also, I mean, Harden probably wants to do a lot of it on his own and stuff too. Very like, much so. I mean, like that, that's what he's been doing. This is that's how you got the MVP yeah, last year. That's, this is what he's been doing. Of course, Chris Paul helped a lot, um, especially pressuring defensively, also flowing, helping the offense flow. But I think Chris Paul has a different dimension to the team because Harden doesn't have to necessarily be as ball dominant, even though he is a ball dominant guy. And I think it helps create. Easier shots for Harden alone. Would you? Would you? Would you all agree? Chris Paul. Yeah. Chris Paul defined James Harden as the best offensive player he's ever played with. Okay. I don't know if that's saying a lot because Chris Paul never really played with. You know, he hasn't played with LBJ. He hasn't played with Kobe, so it doesn't give you a lot. But, or maybe he's ever seen. I'm not sure on the quote, but there was something about James Harden being the best offensive player like ever in in Chris Paul's opinion and I think that says a lot for some for someone who's been in the league for a while like Chris Paul so I think once they get back and they've tried to find their tune I mean Mike D'Antoni knows how to direct traffic in terms of letting the letting the guys play their own style of basketball while still implementing a system and so I'm excited to see and we're like we're now they don't have the pressure of getting back in the playoff race they're in there yeah now all they want is maybe try to secure the number two seed if they can but at the end of the day, they're making the playoffs, and anyone knows that Houston is going to make a run for it. So it should be exciting. And and let's uh, transition a little bit here. We, t- we touched on a little MVPs. I, I assume that the three of us have Harden won right now. And Giannis as of two? right now, if if Harden keeps going through that tier, I think I have him as a unanimous MVP at this point. Okay, almost. so we'll do Harden one, Giannis two. Let's go our three through five here. Who you who you think? Because I think that the conversation for MVP so far this year has been really it's fun, fun to look at. Who do you have at three, Greg? Um, I think right now at three, I have Paul George. If you look okay. at the uh, of the, the the this the numbers he's been putting up for OKC, very true. On um, the spot that they are at, considering that going into this year, we weren't quite sure how they would be be feeling with with George back, but you know with some pieces rotating around we, we were I know Dre and I looked at the beginning of the year like what does that bench look like? You know, yeah. do, are they going to score enough? But that's not really been the case. Paul George, you know, there were a couple games in, in December. He put up 40 or more. Yep. Uh, he's been looking really consistent. He's been back to form as a lockdown defender in the perimeter, um, even with Andre Roberson out, which we thought was going to be a huge miss for them. And they're in the third seed in the Western Conference. I Doing think really Paul George well. would be uh, my three. What do you, what do you I have? have? I still have Kawhi there. I'm looking at the player officially right now. Not right bad here. at all, yeah. He's, he's fourth. 
and number one right now is Anthony Davis and then Harden and Antetokounmpo right there. So the product, even though like you see Harden taking these rest, I mean not Harden, you see uh, Leonard taking these rest nights or whatever. When he's on the court, he's extremely efficient and he's helping that Toronto team really run. And you and I would say they've clearly been the best team in the NBA this year. Like that, that period. Um, yeah. And of course, you're going to see some things change now with Golden State getting Cousins back and you know them getting their flow or whatever. But I averaging is is this a career high for him in points right now? He's averaging 27, right? Most like yeah, yeah. I think he's averaging about twenty seven. I'm pretty high, sure. Yeah. So he's he's playing well. We've seen the evolution of his offense, where he can't. I mean, he's already been. I think I think a lot of people forgot what he was yeah, able to do, like, and this, he's but, still evolved. But you're seeing him be able to break guys down, like ISO. Like I I thought that's been extremely impressive. That like the assist numbers and stuff, those those aren't never going to be yeah. there because he's not a playmaker. But what he provides you defensively and and what he can do offensively, of course, and he increases yeah. the intensity of the team by yeah. just his workload. Like he's he's kind of a player that leads by example, and I think that really helps the Toronto Raptors get to what they want to be. But also, I think also if Le- LeBron wasn't out, I, ha- I kind of have Kawhi slash LeBron because Le- LeBron's numbers are still yeah. what they are. And so will LeBron be your fourth? Because we can just do that. I just took him out completely just completely? because that's he's, fine. he's injured right now. That's, that's it. I three, it's kind of wild to think about, guys, but we have a point guard who's averaging a triple-double again. Russell Westbrook is my third guy. He's averaging, I think, 28 and 11 and 10. I think it's a little bit less than 28. 20, yeah, or something. It's, maybe I think, 25. I think he's... Five. I, he might be... I, I had it. It's low 20s because George is up earlier. over as the, um, the normal score. I, I looked it up a little earlier. Maybe I'm... Which is also making them play better as a team to yeah. me. Because he's deferring. We're like, that's something you've, you haven't seen Russell Westbrook do. So it could take that team to another level. So, what does that say? 21? 21.3, right? Yeah, 21.3. 21, 21, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah 21.3. And then 10.7 assists and 10.8 and 10. rebounds. rebounds. And, yeah. and two and a half steals. And two know, and a half steals. So he's playing an overall brand of basketball that we're not accustomed to see from him. He used to be more of like a James Harden type of guy. Because James Harden is close to averaging a triple-double, by the way, if anyone has noticed. Um, but Russell Westbrook is playing more an overall brand of basketball to help his team win. And I think he's really in that mindset of we need this championship and yeah. we have the team to do so. So let me take a backseat on this. Direct traffic, do my thing still, but gets players involved, and that's why Paul George is making that's some noise. Exactly, that's what I'm gonna say. That before Greg moves on, I was gonna say that's an interesting point. For Westbrook, Westbrook couldn't be any better. This is gonna sound crazy. Westbrook couldn't be any of a better of a player to me right now until now, and he's reduced his game as yep. far as um, being so dominant with the right like, city. I've never seen him defer, even when he had Kevin Durant on his team. He wasn't necessarily deferring him. Never. And I think that's what kind of led to some of the friction and stuff. But you see, he's really, uh, which which also speaks to me, I wonder what that relationship really was like between the two of them. Because it seems like him and, and George are, are, tighter, are, are tighter than he was. You think right. so? You think I, I, you think so? He yeah. hosted a party. Yeah, exactly. And he came yeah. back from a vacation with his family I'm saying. to get the man a cigar, yes. first of all. That was nice. And then get him on a podium and saying, hey, Paul, what you doing next year? Oh, and I think, I'm staying because I love you. And I think the fit is perfect. Like, yeah. Like your Paul George, I as a number one, I don't think that's ever been his his mo. Like he's decent, he can be but he, a decent yeah. number one, but he needs another guy with him. He's that, a perfect two way yeah, guard that, that will allow to him to do his thing. And I I think I think his thing is amazing because I've never seen Russell Westbrook defer, but it's made him a better player. And that's why that's why I have him as my third yeah. MVP and MVP candidate. I know it's kind of out of nowhere, but I just uh, to no, me can, right now he's my third MVP. It. Who's your fourth? Uh, my fourth right now, uh, 
I know we talked about it a little bit off the the pod a little bit ago, ago but I go with Nikola Jokic. Um, and part of it, you know, is because Denver is number one in the West, which yeah, nobody, nobody else, no, no, we weren't expecting that. Uh, Shout out to Kill, our, our our good friend Akil, who may ha- who <laughs> may have to eat a Denver basketball hat. Come on, from our good friend Fernando. <laughs> Some and uh, we'll have we'll have a live uh, stream if that is having happening. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so so thank you, Jokic, for that. Anyways, Greg, sorry but, to I mean, you, you know, you're you're looking at his stats, and and Jokic is almost putting up a triple double himself right now. Uh, Nineteen points a game, uh, ten rebounds, seven point six assists, and efficiency wise, probably the most efficient offensive center in the game right now. Um, but the biggest knock on Jokic for years and the reason why he's been missing all-star games that people think they should be putting it into is because of the defense. You know, he's not ever been a really solid defender. He, it isn't because of lack of effort. It's simply because it's a skill set. he's like, just not, yeah. he's just slow, a little bit slow laterally. Um, and you know, it, it wasn't his thing, but this season he, you know, he slimmed down a little bit. Yeah. He's still maintaining the muscle mass, obviously, cause you need that bulk down low, but he's been making smart reads. He's been kind of like a young Marcus Gasol light. You know, everyone realized Marcus Gasol was, you know, like not that. the best defender coming like into that. the league, but he rounded his his gameplay over, you know, his first 3 or 4 seasons and then became Marcus Gasol defensive player yeah. of the year. Nikola Jokic is going down that path to supplement his offensive skill package that is so high for a center. Sheesh, I didn't know it was Greg's rap that That's early. Cool, man. Okay. <laughs> Greg, you better, you. you better keep bringing it, Greg. <laughs> Woo. I need Greg like that every time. Oh, wow. That's yeah. the second time he's made a run like that. I got, I got some chills right now. You're so good. Ooh. Does your mother You're ever so tell you how talented you are? Yeah, she's every a loving day. woman. She's great. Wow. Still didn't give me that um, Thanksgiving meal, but it's, it's cool. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Andre, who's your fourth? I got a Jokic as well. Um, let's not forget here, man. This dude's 23. Who cares? He's 23 years old. And he is, he. I mean, he's the face of the Nuggets. And this team is going to be good for a long what, long time in the NBA. Is a, is, like it's tough to say. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But like, they're gonna, I think they're going to be solid soon. Um, I don't I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll win the West. Um, but I, th- I think they'll play well and hopefully deep into the playoffs. We're all Nuggets supporters in here. Like we, this is a Nuggets pod. Let's talk. <laughs> Hold up, though. Hold up, I got a couple more things to say. I, I just had a question for you. Oh, okay. Is if the Denver Nuggets drop a little bit in the rankings, do you still have Jokic as your MVP? Like in, in the top five? In the five? conversation? Uh, how far are they falling? Let's say they fall at three or four. Three or four is okay to me. Yeah, yeah. I what, what, that, would be, what would I be the... That the MV, I think to be in the MVP conversation normally... You know, without like a crazy like Russell Westbrook triple double like that that year yeah, that he yeah. did it. Yeah. You need to be a top four seed in your conference. I think that has that's, to be a thing. You a need to be so important that that and good that your team is lifting up into that upper echelon of your conference. I think, in in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Damn you got you up. I'm so sorry. Yeah, now I forgot. But Yo, catch twenty three. But yeah, but yeah, you know I'm saying he has he has a lot of, of growth to still. Yeah. Like, that's why, like what Greg was saying, like you you'll see that, and like I don't like when people knock him for his defense because like he just wasn't born with the skill set to move, and he's more of a ground bound guy, and he's skilled in other areas that bigs are not skilled. Like he's having seven and a half six a, a game basically, and he's moving, and he's the he's the focal point of the flow of that Denver offense yep. at the five spot. Yep. Like that's not that doesn't happen often, and he's averaging 19 this year. I think he was around as the 16 mark. What, do you have it? Do you have it up, Greg? 
Is, is that stat line? Hold on, I can just look it up real quick. But I think he was averaging around the 16 mark previously to this. And I think you're just going continue, to continuously see his scoring go up. But the facilitation is still going to stay the same. Let, so, yeah. And a, I was just going to say, no, no, I was just going to say, this is a guy that projects to me, and I think I've said this before, to average at the peak of his career, at the prime of his career, about 23 or 24, with somewhere between eight and nine boards. So I was going to say boards. Well, eight to 10 to be a double double guy, with. Somewhere between five and seven to eight assists, like that is more. a yeah. that is that is crazy at the that five spot. So yeah, yeah, he's my four. I'm sorry, let, let's not with it. no, let's not joke about <laughs> let's not joke about the Joker. Um, thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> Slow clap. <laughs> Let let's not joke about him because you don't have that many players that come into the league with great defensive skills. They all kind of learned their way through. Kawhi was an exception, in my opinion. And, like, you can think of other players, but no one really walks in and, like, all right, he's the best defender. Like, everyone has to have has to win because there's a difference from college to the pros. The game is much faster. The pace is much faster. So you can mess around with him. However, I do not have him in my top five. I have Kawhi in my fourth. And um, the reasons have been said. He's leading Toronto Raptors to be the first in the East. So that's it. Who do you have at five, Craig? Uh, five, I, I have Kawhi right now. Um, yep. And I think he's only at five right now to me because of the rest. And I, I don't want to put it against him too much because they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, right right now, I, I think it's just kind of like he's going to get to that part once we get past the All-Star break, maybe the second half, that he's not going to be resting as much. He's going to be doing back-to-backs consistently. I think it's more maintenance for him, and he'll just kind of rise his way up to the Most top. Likely. But right now I have him at five. Five? I have PG. Um I like PG a lot. Uh, Paul George has always been one of my one of my more favorite guys, except when he didn't sign with my Lakers team this summer. But that's neither here that's nor there. Unbelievable. Um, best you but, can GM in the league. Yeah, come on, man. Like he's um, but he's one of the best two way players in the league. Absolutely. And the scoring clip, you know, I've always wanted to see Paul just take a more aggressive mindset to the game as far as just scoring and taking over, um, because the skill set is there. He can shoot. He can drive. Like he, it's it's all there. And we're um, saying we're yeah. saying how Russell Westbrook is helping him, like helping facilitate the game. When Paul George doesn't have to think to dribble the ball or you know um, facilitate the game for other players, and he can just focus on his game, he's ten times yeah. better. And yeah. that's what we're seeing. Yeah. So I think you're just seeing a blossom in Paul George. I mean, he's 28. So yeah. Just, it, just, still has time. Yeah. Just the still technically prime years for him. I mean, if you look yeah. at LeBron James, he still has plenty of yeah. time. So, I mean, of course, but LeBron. I know, I know. LeBron, but, like, these are prime years for him. So, St. Paul, average career high, and doing what he's doing is, is something I've been waiting for for a long time. So, yeah. I have PG as well, and I'm just so happy to have him there because after that horrible injury that happened with the, with the USA men's team and uh, and just that tragedy of, of an injury and, and then him coming back to the Pacers uh, earlier than anticipated, then him really putting in work, then going to OKC, not having the best first year ever, and now he's just blossoming. I think Andre is completely right. I think that the game also slows down for him a lot because of this time off. He has time to like go in the film study, uh, film room, and just really evaluate the like other players game look at his game um come up with a new approach maybe develop a certain new workout so i'm really liking this pg that we're seeing this year and, I, and i'm really cheering for him because he he's a great story by himself so i'm my, my fifth speaking of mvps and speaking of five people the all-star game second voting hey bro what you doing bro this is my segment to bring in everybody watch your hey I had a special come in for everything. I was bro. I was happy. Hey, watch yourself. I was excited. Watch yourself. So I'm, I'm gonna sorry. say this. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take this. Okay, hey, let, guys, just completely dismiss what I said. Yeah. Nothing. We don't know anything. What's, what's happening bro? next? 
What's wrong with bro? It's, I'm, I get excited. Why are you mad at me all the time? So all I'm going to say is... You're mad now. It's January. Also, I break a month away. We going to be there. We going to be there. Second fan, f- f- uh, fan voting release is coming out. It's come out. Are you in there? Am I, am I in? I haven't voted. I have not voted. No, like, are you in the voting? I should be. But I got, I got one thing to say. <laughs> this segment is, is about to be beautiful. Because this. Just, y'all take a, y'all take a quick second and just listen. So, if we, so what we gonna do in this segment? I'm gonna hand it over to Greg. He's gonna be the commissioner real quick, and me and Louie are gonna battle for who our picks are. But first, me and Louie gonna rock paper scissors for it. Come on now. I'm gonna, out of three, before, out of three or out of one? Out of, what you mean? Out of three, like what three rounds are just no. We going one, one straight up, one okay. straight up, one straight up. Gangsters. But before before we do this, I'm gonna let Greg go ahead and highlight. With the with the fans have voted, that's okay with you. I can do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no, I got you. That's the teams, and then we. So yeah, so, so Commissioner Greg Mello. So okay, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll let you guys. Uh, I'll I'll tell the listeners how the voting has turned out so far. But when you guys do your picks, yep, the way it works is five top five from the West. So it's two guards, three front court players, okay. and then top five in the East. That's okay? not how I do it on two K. I just pick people. No, no, you're you're listening. <laughs> Not too can. I'm the commissioner. All right, so you're listening. You tell him. But I'm right. the captain. Uh, no, you want another yeah, Greg's right yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay. So, but but first off, looking at these first uh, returns, let's let's focus on the Western Conference. You know, you got the usual guys leading the leading the race: LeBron James, Steph Curry. Up usual top. guys. Yeah, man. Steph Curry and, and LeBron James at the top. At the top. Okay. Oh, oh okay. Man. You, you, uh, I was but, about to say. But following that, you know, we got a little bit of a shakeup here. Um, <laughs> let's look at the guards right now. The number two guard in the Western Conference with, you know, about 300,000 more votes, uh, 200,000 more votes, uh, no, 300,000 over James Harden is Derek Rose of the Minnesota Timberwolves at number it. two right now. I love that's, it. That's a fan vote right there. All right. There. And I then in the front court right now at number two, Hallelujah. Luka Doncic. Hallelujah. Over God, Paul George, on, who's number three, Hallelujah. who bumped down God, Kevin Durant. God, 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 God. Kevin Durant is now the number four player in the front court, followed by Anthony bow, Davis. Bow, bow, bow. Sorry, Greg. And um, <laughs> interestingly enough, Stephen Adams has the six most votes of the front court. We over, love it. Over Nikola Jokic. Um, that's, that's okay. Cease crowd right there. And and then uh, I just want to highlight a couple of other players. Russell Westbrook is number four in guard voting right now. Um DeMarcus Cousins, despite having not played a single game this year, is 10th in front court voting. Um, and Devin Booker, uh, who has not played that many games this year, uh, is number 9th. And in, the one above him. Voting. Look at number 8. Uh, Lonzo Ball, number 8, which, uh, it, uh, that's just Laker vote. You know, yeah, you're, you're going right. to get the push from the Laker fans. You think LeVar um, like, paid ton people for that? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that. Um and then let's flip it over to the Eastern Conference. Yep. Um, so I, I think the Eastern Conference is actually pretty – well, the guard's not. The front court, I think, is solid. You got your three. Giannis Antetokounmpo, number one. Kawhi Leonard, number two. Joel Embiid, number three. I think well that's deserved. pretty solid. Uh, Jason Tatum is number four. Um, number five, Jimmy Butler. A few uh, – only a couple – was it 40,000 votes behind him? 30,000. Um, so – you know, not too bad. And then Vince Carter of the Atlanta Hawks at number Big seven. Fan of that because it could be his last year. So I think people are like looking at that. Just throwing him in there. Uh, I don't get the Gordon Hayward at number eight for the Celtics. Uh, Hayward votes. has not had a good uh, start to the year. I do like Pascal Siakam at number nine, though. That's a fun vote. 
Uh, looking at the guards, though, Kyrie, number one, pretty easily. At number two, I think this is, like you brought up, sort of he's going to be retiring, so you're getting this push. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade at number two uh, in the Eastern Conference, followed by Kemba Walker, who had a furious start to the season. He's my he's sixth in MVP, of, by the way. He's kind of tapered off the yeah. last month, um, but still pretty solid. Ben Simmons at number four. Uh, Victor Oladipo, number five. And then Kyle Lowry at number six, which is reasonable because he's Balling. been out. Um, the the interesting one for me, I think, of the guards is that Bradley Beal is all the way at 10. And I understand that his team is very bad. But Bradley he's Beal been has been really good. How he's does Jeremy that was, that's what I was what I was, oh Jeremy Lin have more votes than him, right? Uh, Atlanta is a great fan oh, base. Yeah, but Atlanta's been uh, but putting Jeremy the work. But Jeremy Lin, bro? Atlanta's been putting in the work with Does the he boat. still got dreads? I don't think so. Do you I Dude. mean you know why they made that rule of like you do only you do like a little bit of the fan vote and then you also have the it's media. 50 percent fan That's vote. called the Zaza rule. <laughs> Not even kidding. Because Zaza was among the first ballot like in terms of voting. And like people were like, there's no way he's starting in the NBA All-Star game. Like there's that makes no sense. So they changed the rule because his entire country voted for him. So that's probably why, you know, we're going to see some weird things like that. But at the end of the day, when it's going to be, you know, the third voting and whatnot. Um, did you get through everything in terms of guards and uh, front court, Greg? Yeah, no, I've list, uh, I think I've highlighted who I want to highlight, so I'm ready for doing picks when you Rock, guys Rock, paper, are. scissors? Yeah, so, okay, we're just picking starters right now? Yeah, so it's going to be— Are that, picking the whole team? That's how the starters get— yeah. No, it's just the starters. Oh, starters? Okay. Yeah, so, so it's starting fives. The the players that you're going to have to choose from are Giannis, Kawhi, and Joel Embiid in the front court for the East. So it's the top. It's the, it's top, the top five votes. Top it's five, top, all of them. It's it's the top three in the front court and the top two in the 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 guards. So just the yeah okay all right cool. top three and top two okay so top three front top two top two back, back. that's who you have to vote for just just keep us in check in case yeah we're yeah something. I'll I'll, right. I'll 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 writing down what you, you guys have yeah all right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoe. Go ahead. <sighs> Louis wins it, obviously. All right, so with the first vote in our all-star draft. Okay, let me let me check this one more time. Lu I mean, Louis, uh, <laughs> you know you know who's got to be the first vote, right? You have you have you have a couple of options here. You guys are dis <laughs> you guys are dismissing the important thing. I'm gonna go with LeBron James. <laughs> I, I don't know. You could go with Giannis. Giannis always brings the fire. I'm definitely taking Giannis. Boom. Go. Okay. All right. Okay. Then second pick of the draft. Top three back. Yes. No front. front. Top okay. three Top from the front court. Oh, James Harden, you little James rascal. is not. Yeah, he can't. He's not part oh, of I this. was excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have LeBron. I'm going to go. With Kawhi, give me Durant. All right. Where's Durant? No, Durant's, Durant's not there. Durant's four. Oh, it's four. Damn, yeah, I was looking. Okay. Yeah. Shoot. Um. Let's see. Dang, this sucks because these fans. I know they're terrible. Give you me. Take D give me stuff then. All right. Yeah. Take stuff. I'm gonna go with Kyrie then. Okay. Give me Joel. Okay. Okay, so so far I have Steph, LeBron, Kawhi. Uh, no, you have... No, I don't have Steph. I yeah, have you have Kyrie, Le LeBron, LeBron, and Kawhi. Yes. Give me Doncic. 
for the fans. All right. Okay, I'll take PG. He's going to strap him. So, don't ditch for the win. You don't even know him. <laughs> don't disrespect him like that. My team full? Or any, you, both, you both have one more guard. One more. Yeah. So you, you're, you're between oh, yikes. Wade and, and Rose. Rose. Which would be the last two picks probably anyway. They would be. So, so who you got, Louie? Rose or Wade? Well, I, I've always loved D-Wade, and I kind of want him. Actually, yeah, because I have LeBron. I'll take D-Wade. They ball it together. I'm taking Derrick Rose. Even like, even though I didn't get a choice, I was going to take Derrick. He going to snap. This would be a platform for D-Rose to be like. You're right. The Rose is returning from the concrete. All right. So I, I think oh, we. That was, wait, hold on. That was hella poetic right there. <laughs> Wasn't that a part of his campaign? From the, I don't know. I just so I think what we're gonna do with this, we're gonna put your starting fives up on Twitter. We'll do a poll. We'll see who who we get who 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 voted uh, more for you guys. Um, but let's go over it again, Louis. Your starting five for your All Star team: you have LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic. That is sexy. And your backcourt is Kyrie Irving and Dwayne Wade. Dre. I'm not a big fan of the of the backcourt. <laughs> <laughs> But Kyrie going to snap it. Kyrie going to snap. He always snaps. But like the fact you have to choose between Dwayne and Rose when you have Kevin Durant at four and and what's his name James Harden at three, like that kills me, dude. How is James? That kills me. That would have been my second pick right away. Uh, Dre, you have your front court of. I really like this front court. Joel Embiid. Shut up. Giannis Antetokounmpo. You're the commissioner. And Paul George. Are you going to score, bro? Bro, I have LeBron and <laughs> James. Bad, the, what do you mean? The backcourt of Steph Curry and Derrick Rose. I've always enjoyed Steph Curry going going against uh, Kyrie. It's always a fun matchup to me. Since Kyrie just sang that three on him, Game 7. That was the most gorgeous thing I think I might have ever seen in my life. That was super smooth. That was hella smooth. But we have other rankings, Greg. Are we doing something else? Uh, no, nah, we're low on time, so we're going to cut that for this one. We're okay. gonna we'll, we'll next we'll have time, some fun stuff coming next time up. we'll yeah. have some fun things. Um, but what we're just gonna go to our usual end of the week awards. So Dre, let's oh. kick it off. Why are you take? Why are you messing up? Just because you cut a segment doesn't mean you take Louis off opening this. Segment. See, we'll see. I'm not. No, I'm not the only. I respect that, Greg, because I try to do the same thing. But thank you. <laughs> we have. Hey. New Year, same us. <laughs> we return. Come on, that was come that on, was baby. that was good. Yeah, like, <laughs> New Year, same come us. On, man. Why we're would you change back? perfection, baby? <laughs> we're coming back with the same segment that you love. Come on, we got Dre's all draws. I got a full team this time, and we got Greg's gripe. What's Greg pissed off about now? And we have my over week uh, overreaction, my weekly overreaction. So Dre, why don't we why don't we start us off with your all draws team? All I'm saying, all I'm saying. 2019, stand up. Take your drawers off. Swing them around your head. We getting buckets around oh, here. Start on, early, man. Let's do go. It All draws team to start the year. Number one. James Harden at the point, baby. Number two. People, hold up. Hold up. Nah, I'm taking my time <laughs> with this one. Because some people don't know what James is. I got him at the point in here. I don't really need to say nothing else. Y'all already heard. Hopefully, y'all listen to the rest of the pod. James Harden, out of his mind, the Greg's, in the, uh, in the words of Greg Mello, unconscious. Hey, he has no regard for human life. You know what I'm saying? Number two, at the two, start at two, Clay Thompson. 43, That's my guy. 43 points on four dribbles, bro. He took four dribbles. Is, is that correct, Greg? That is correct. The other night against New York, he shot the lights out. He took four dribbles. He went 18 for 29 for the floor. How you take 29 shots in a game taking four dribbles? You're a baller. 
you're all draw scene. That's how. That means every time you touch the rock, <laughs> come on, man, it's hitting neck. Nylon. Number three. Number three, Luca. Doncic. I just want to look at his last three games. Did you guys bro. see that last game last night? I mean, last night was already crazy. Luka Doncic, you can see the maturity in He's his game. He's 19 years old. You can see the maturity in his game for playing in the EuroLeague already. Yeah. Oh, just absolutely. the ability for him to play in clutch minutes and contribute and score. Last three games against Minnesota, Phoenix, and L.A., respectively. 29 against um, Minnesota last night. Wednesday, 30 against Phoenix. Monday, 27. He's averaged about 23 or 24 points this week. Solid, solid. First, first rookie since LeBron James to have uh, over 25 points and 10 assists in, on, uh, in a game last night. And he had three go-ahead buckets last night with a grown man Come on. dunk Come on. On, the, on Minnesota. It was this boy. And let me tell you, the West is the worst part. He's still a boy. He's 19 years old, playing like a grown man. Grown man. Grown man. Grown man. Absolutely. Three, Luca, big fan. Number four. Number four. Give me, give me my boy Kuz. Oh, my boy had forty-one the other night, no assist. <laughs> That's right. But the efficiency, sixteen for twenty-four from the floor, five for ten from three. Kuzma has that mindset that I'm gonna turn on and give you buckets, especially with LeBron being gone. Like the Cluster team has struggled a little bit, but I was impressed by Kuz. Though, Love like, Kuz. Number uh, five. Five. Who'd I have five? One second. All right. LaMarcus, baby. He coming at the five spot. I know he'll power for it, but in my lineup, he's a five. 56, 42 in the second half. Hey, that's where we get money, right, Hutch? Yeah. We get money out here. Money. Come on. <laughs> Hutch, for me, for the one time, say, draws. Hold on, hold on. Draws? That's good. That, that was sexy. No, just say it regular. Say it regular. Oh, oh, just say draws regular. Draws? That's good. That's good. That's better. That's good. <laughs> Greg, What? Okay, Greg, you've been bringing fire, absolute heat today. What pissed you off, man? Tell the people what pissed you off. I mean, we talked at length today about how dominant James Harden has been over the past month. And my man is still getting disrespected. You see these all-star voting returns? You see that... Don't do it to him. Derrick Rose oh, is number two oh, okay, right okay. now? Hey, 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 no, 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 no. Hey, don't okay. hold up. Don't okay. hold up me. No, 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 no. James Harden, my man with this historic month of December with the flamethrower three-point range right. that he had. He's been oh. breaking down people. He's been shipping oh. all over people. Oh. He's been stepping back. Okay. He's been traveling to the airport Come and on. back, man. And <laughs> he's not tra- getting any respect. In this fan vote. Why is he number three, Dre? Tell me why is he number three? What were you holding up for? You what said, were you holding up for? You, you like Derrick Rose <laughs> over James Harden, our unanimous MVP? You know what I mean? Huh? You know how I many huh? knees you have to have to be second in All Star voting right now if you Derrick Rose? That boy has probably. <laughs> you know how I many knees you have to have on replacement? I respect every every single part of that number two backcourt All Star. But with that, Andre wins. Andre wins the segment by a mile. Because that was the best response you could ever do. Yes, D Rose has been needing some knees. D Rose got the knees. And now the knees are, are, are kneeing a little bit. That's also Houston has a crappy fan base. That's all I'm getting from this. I'm just saying. And also, D Rose's presence internationally, way bigger than we think. And I think that's playing in that factor. That's just me being a little more rational. Oh, God. 
Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Crazy. I feel <laughs> feels weird to say that. I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> I am a moment, people. <sighs> All right. I'm just making myself look pretty. My overweekly, my overreaction this week is quite simple. How do I put this lightly? James Harden may be the best offensive player I have ever seen in my very short-lived life. Don't get me wrong. There's been incredible, you know, amount of scores and everything. But James Harden, as a scorer, is better to me than anyone in the history of the game. And I and I get that. It might be tickling for a lot of you, MJ fans, a lot of you, AI fans, a lot of you, Kobe fans. But I don't think anyone can stop James Harden once he's on fire and once he's in a tier like that. And I think to me that James Harden is the best offensive player in the history of this game as of right now. Keep going. Just keep I, going. I, I, don't have, I need I need to start some time. Okay. Cause yeah. Just, also, second <laughs> second <laughs> weekly overreaction from your boy. Russell Westbrook is absolutely unconscious and no one gives a rat's ass. What is up with that, people? The guy has 24 assists, averages a triple-double, is facilitating for his team. No one gives him love on the all-star vote. No one gives him love on the MVP race. No one gives him love on anything because, oh, guess what? We're used to greatness from him. Who the hell cares? If the guy is averaging a triple-double right now, I want him to be covered way more than now. The OKC Thunder is one of the best teams in the West currently, and they're going to stay the best for a long time this season if they keep doing what they're doing right now, if Paul George stays healthy, if Russell stays wealthy. And I think OKC may be, may be the best. Russell Westbrook may be the best point guard in this league as of right now, and no one talks about him. And it's something that needs to be addressed. Hutcho, what do you have to say to the people? All I'm going to say, no. See, you keep screwing this up. You, you know I take the show out. What's wrong with you? Do you pay attention in our production meetings? I am literally saying, Hutcho, what do you got to say? I thought Hutcho had something else to say. In our production meetings. Do you want to go right now? What's wrong with this guy? I will stand up and take the mic. I disconnected the mic. Is that you going off? Okay, never mind. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I want to give it over to my boy, Hutch, to take us out. Hi, I'm Hutch. (laughs) I'm a fan of the Lane Violation Park. Thank you for listening to the Lane Violation, where the boys here at 303 East Wacker constantly da-da-da-da. Cross the line. Good night. (laughs) That was hella sexy. (laughs) 